All right, what's happening, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Now into the fall sports season. It's been a slow and sort of weird start to the fall sports season because we've had heat this week that has really put a, a crimp in, in, in much of the schedule. Uh, but week one of the high school football season is in the books. Uh, week one of girls flag football uh, is in the books, as we talked about last week. And uh, coming up on this week's episode, we'll talk to the co-head coach of the Tuscarora team, Mike O'Brien, uh, who's enjoyed a long career here in Frederick County, uh, coaching many sports, uh, latest chapters with the Titans and girls flag football. So we'll get Mike's thoughts on that. I uh, look forward to having him on in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but let's talk about everything else with my colleagues here at the FNP, Alexander Dacey and John Cannon join me here in studio and guys, uh, just your initial thoughts and impressions on uh, week one of the high school football season. What jumped out at you, Alexander? Um, I mean, the biggest thing, and I think this is probably the biggest thing for everybody, is Oakdale beating Milford Mill uh, with a late touchdown and two-point conversion. I mean, that was probably the game that we all you know thought was going to be one of the best in the state, if not the best in the state, last week. and A week one game, li- too. I know, and it li- lived up to the billing and then some. And, I mean, that's a game where, I mean, even you know when, when you, you – you know, previewed Oakdale. Talked to Kurt Stein last week. He was, you know, he was basically like, you know, it, it that that's sort that's sort of games like a like a barometer, you know, for them being a state title contender. And it it do, doesn't start the season easy, and it doesn't. And I mean, it doesn't get much easier for Oakdale these next couple of weeks here. But yeah, that's a game where I'm like, okay, they win that. It feels like who's going to take them down, you know, because that's that's the kind of t- that's the kind of level of team that they played and that they beat. And is there a more clutch player in the county than Evan Austin, man? Uh, what, at this point, maybe not. <laughs> because when, when when his team needs a play, he in basketball, football, pretty much anything I've seen him play, yeah, he he comes up with the play, uh, scored the late touchdown, uh, got the uh, two point conversion uh, to win it for Oakdale there, with I guess a little over a minute to play. So yeah, a monster went over Milford Mill, who was the unbeaten two uh, A champs last year. That's a road win in Oakdale. Uh, that, 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 that was huge for them because uh, the, the schedule's tough. They play a good 1A team in Allegheny this week, and then they get Frederick and Laganor, and they'll, they'll really dive into the teeth of these things. But, yeah, if you could go to Milford Mill and win, you could pretty much beat anyone, and, and, and that was a real good um, real good win for the Bears on Friday. Uh, John, anything jump out at you in particular? I think the game you covered, the uh, Frederick-Middletown game, I think we're all kind of curious to see how that played out. And, uh... Uh, especially Frederick after having that team that they had last year, just to see how they bounce back. And just from hearing you talk about it and reading your story, I guess they, uh, they are going to be a team that's going to rely on speed this year. Um, and so they're, they're loaded at the skill positions for sure. Uh, the, the, the quarterback, uh, the new quarterback is uh, pretty good. Um, and uh, <clears throat> Davion Pryor had a monster game, uh, both as a defensive back with two interceptions and at receiver with a big catch. And also uh, he scored a touchdown. Uh, they do it with speed. Uh, Tay Anderson's still a great running back, but but the question is, can they can they block for Tay in in in, in the backs this year? Because they lost Josh Hayward, uh, who was a huge part, especially on their defensive line. Um, and Middletown gashed them for a couple plays. Uh, the Middletown offense gashed them for a couple running plays, including a big uh, scoring run. So Frederick is definitely not as good up front, but but can they? buy their guys enough time and create enough space for Tay to, to really score some points. I, I think that'll be the big question. And 
Middletown, to me, I, I think will be a good team. Uh, new quarterback, uh, new faces in a lot of positions. But as the season goes on, they're going to get a lot better and better, uh, too. So, a uh, quick rundown of the results. <clears throat> Ligonor goes to Wicomico on the Eastern Shore and wins 40 to nothing. Frederick beats Middletown 29-12. Walkersville with an impressive uh, win at Liberty. Liberty had, had beaten them uh, last year. Uh, 34-14, the Walkersville Lions uh, win that. Um, sort of an intriguing game as Ryan Hines starts his Tuscarora coaching tenure. Uh, they put up a fight but fall to North Hagerstown 38-27. Uh, Boonesboro beats Catoctin, John, a game you were at. Uh, Catoctin had a late lead. Uh, looks like they did some nice things, but uh, just couldn't get that stop when they needed it. Yeah, I mean, they, actually, I thought they were a little better than Boonesboro. They just uh, they gave up some a uh, few big plays and bad times, and uh, they played hard. They played tough, and they could throw the ball on offense and, and run the ball. And then on defense, they had a little trouble. Uh, they were giving up some big runs. And I will, I will say uh, Boonesboro didn't have much of a passing game. I mean, they... There were a couple plays in that game where they had guys wide open and the quarterbacks over, overthrew them, so Katakin dodged the bullet there. And uh, they did give up one big pass play at the end of the game. It's the only one they gave up, but it was costly. So they, they gave up like two touchdowns in the final five minutes because they were up on – they were leading most of that game. Yeah, that's a tough one because you think you have the win uh, salted away and then you, you just need to stop and, and you can't quite get it. So so a tough one for Katakin. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Week 2 schedule, but they face one of the state's best teams in Mountain Ridge uh, in Week 2, so um, it only gets uh, tougher for the Cougars. Uh, Brunswick, a team we all expect to be one of the top 1A teams in the state, rolls over Rock Ridge, uh, Virginia, 39 nothing. Alexander, what happened to Urbana? I mean, we know, uh, we know they have a lot of new pieces uh, and a lot of new positions, but Middletown, Delaware, who I uh, – take it as a very credible team uh, came in and really rolled over the Hawks. Yeah, that was a case of experience versus inexperience with experience winning out. I mean, that that Middletown team again is very strong. Uh they were they're they're probably going to be a state title contender this year. They returned, you know, the vast majority of their team from last year. They have a senior quarterback who threw uh threw five touchdowns and he had uh I don't remember his exact numbers, but I think it was over 400 yards passing. They they the Middletown gashed Urbana for nearly 600 yards of offense, which is wild, which is kind of wild to think about, especially um, given how good Urbana's r- defense was. Right, last year. and and they they have two wide receivers who are um, including a sophomore who's got some pretty high level D1 offers. So they're you know they're just really they, they, they just they've just kind of been there for a while and they know what they're doing. And it you know again it you know it, it showed you know Urbana's Urbana's inexperience uh, you know kind of lost out now. The, the, the sort of, I guess, good news in, in a sense is that it's a team that is clearly better than them. And so they know like this is, I don't want to say rock bottom, but they, they know like this is sort of the baseline. This is the start. And, you know, we can only go up from here kind of deal. And, and again, it's not like they, they got, you know, clobbered by a bad team, right? That, that Middletown team is really, really good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very clear their inexperience is, uh, you know, the, the, there's some stuff that's a work in progress. That's for sure. Um, the 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 one caveat I will also say is at least on the defensive side, uh, Mikey Shea, who's their their uh, linebacker, but probably arguably their best defensive player. He uh, he rolled his ankle uh, the night before uh, in practice, the night before the game, so he he didn't play, which obviously hurt because they had to sort of change <clears throat> some stuff on the fly. Uh, and then. Uh, and then their other, their other big bright spot was, as as expected, Elijah Jean-Jacques. He 
had I think about 100, close to 170 all-purpose yards. Scored both touchdowns. Um, you know, made made a couple nice defensive plays. Uh, they used him actually. He he wasn't starting at quarterback this game. It was Tanner Repenta who was more of the more more of the the pocket presence. Though he did you know, scramble a couple times, but uh, they they this this game they ran with a more traditional I guess offensive approach and. Um, so we will have to see. We'll have to see what they do in the the coming weeks. Yeah, uh, private schools. A couple results. Um, uh, boys Latin uh, beat St. John's forty-two nothing. St. John's Catholic Prep Vikings were sort of punching up a weight weight class in that game. They are an MIAA C conference team. Boys Latin is a B conference team. So. Uh, not a totally surprising result there. Tough opener uh, for St. John's Catholic Prep. Uh, MSD, surprisingly uh, to us anyway, goes to 0-2 um, after they uh, lost again to the uh, Virginia Spartans. I believe that was an 11-man game, John. And, and, what, they, and they brought 15 players. So they dressed 15 players for that game, so not a lot of, not a lot of replacements there. Guys were, had to be a little winded by the end of that, I imagine. Right, and then another real notable result: public school. Uh, TJ uh, uh, goes to one and zero as they go down to Washington, West Virginia, and win thirty-seven nineteen. Real nice win for the for the Patriots in the debut for head coach uh, Bo Traber. Uh, so so TJ, uh, uh, nice to see them off to a tough start. They'll play Urbana this week, and what's an interesting game because uh, Urbana's looking to bounce back, and TJ's looking to keep the momentum rolling. So. Um, any, any other final thoughts on week one, guys, before we get into week two uh, here? I was thinking about Lingenor, I mean, because we were wondering how they were going to bounce back. And, I mean, they, they had a dominant win, but you got to wonder, I mean, were they really tested, you know, by Wicomico? Yeah, they play Wicomico, yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm still kind of, at least myself, I'm still kind of wondering how they're going to be. Yeah, I think Rick kind of let his kids go to the beach uh, afterwards, uh, too. I, I th- uh, he had mentioned to me that he wanted the families just, hey, if you're going to the game and, and want to go to the beach, no practice <laughs> Saturday or Sunday, uh, just be ready to come back Monday. So, so um, yeah, they, they, had, they had a big win and then maybe enjoyed some time on the beach before getting back to work, I guess, on uh, Labor Day Monday. Um so what do we have ahead in week two? Uh, Allegheny, uh, uh, a, a good 1A historic uh, program, uh, goes to Oakdale. Should be an interesting game. Oakdale's had problems with Fort Hill in, in, in each of the last two years. So I would expect Oakdale to win, but interesting to see how that plays out. South Carroll, uh, who's 0-1, they go to Ligonor. Uh, I think one of the games of the week is Frederick at Westminster, uh, for sure, uh, because Westminster has a pretty good quarterback. And they, be, and, they, and they just beat Franklin, a very good 3A school, in, in a high-scoring game. So Frederick will be really tested in that game. That's the one I think is probably the the, the one that's going to probably tell us the most about Frederick and is going to really be kind of a – again, I think that's – I mean, just outright, like you said, this game of the week. It's probably going to be a shootout. So we'll just have to see. Can Frederick score can, enough can points? Can Frederick score enough points, basically? Yeah. <laughs> hey, right, because I, I don't know if they'll be able to stop Westminster, but but can they score enough points to keep up and, and, and maybe and maybe uh, uh, beat them at the end? Uh, another interesting game, uh, Tuscarora at Brunswick. Uh, can Tuscarora bounce back? It, it seems that Tuscarora was competitive against um, uh, North Hagerstown. Uh, Coach Ryan Hines Talked about just taking it one play at a time, brick by brick. They wanted to win the opening kickoff, and it seems like they did uh, last week by returning the opening kickoff for a touchdown against North. Uh, so they did that, but uh, and they were competitive in the rest of the game. They they they're just a pretty uh, young and relatively inexperienced group. 
and they didn't quite have enough in that one. Uh, we mentioned Urbana TJ, Poolsville, uh, which has been a, a strong 2A playoff team in recent seasons. Uh, they had a bad uh, week one uh, loss, though. They're 0-1 as they go to Walkersville. I think Middletown-Mervo uh, is an interesting game. Mervo's 1-0, and Middletown, uh, who I think is a good team, uh, uh, looking to bounce back from their loss to Frederick. Uh, the Thursday game is Mountain Ridge at Catoctin. Um, uh, St. John's hosts Central Maryland Christian. MSD plays a team who we believe is – playing their first varsity football game. Yeah, this uh Coventry Christian out of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, there was there was no previous records anywhere of them having a football team nor of their conference fielding football prior to this year and by that I mean they're the only ones who who's fielding a team. So, yeah, I mean we found no prior record of any game they've ever played before. Uh so so you would like MSD's chances in that game on Saturday. So, Anything you anything you guys are looking for in week two here uh, with with that slate of games? Um, like I like I said earlier, you know Fre- Frederick Westminster. That's sort of the real to me. That's the real that's the real gut check. You know how can they, especially you know, with how high scoring it's probably going to be? Can they can they really keep up offensively? And can the like like you said kind of earlier, can the line hold up? Uh, and then Oakdale Allegheny, can they just sort of keep the momentum going against a team again that they, they probably should win, but. It, it, it'll just be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Middletown Mervo is probably the other one I've got circled as a uniquely interesting game. Yeah, back to Frederick for a second. I mean, they have Oakdale and Lincolnor coming up. So right, it, it doesn't get easier. And I think. Right, and then they have. Um, don't they have Urbana somewhere shortly after that as well? Uh, I believe. I believe they yeah. might have been. Yeah. So, so Frederick's schedule is really tough. So <laughs> if 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 I mean they need to win games like this because otherwise mm-hmm. things could. I mean, it's hard to say it slip away because they'll they'll be in the playoffs no matter what. But but things but things could get dicey for them. Yeah, cause remember last year? I mean, they were blowing everybody out during the regular season. They really weren't mm-hmm. tested, and uh, you know, then they they come out, they got Oakdale in a rematch and got pushed around for the first time, and they ended up losing. Yeah, I mean yeah. the schedules, uh, as you pointed out in your preview, John, it, it's it's tough by design uh, with, with first year uh, head coach uh, Pat uh, Cadden. So, a uh, cramping seemed to be an issue. Alexander, I know your game felt like an NFL <laughs> game with with, with with commercials. It took and, over three hours. And, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> in a full halftime. So cramping was an issue. So I know coaches are harping on uh, players drinking a lot of water this week. Especially with how hot it's been this week, even compared to last Friday. Right. Yeah. Uh, the weather could be a bit of a factor because there's uh, evening storms forecast both Thursday for the Catoctin Mountain Ridge game and Friday. Uh, so will weather play a factor this week? So, so those are just some of the things to watch. Um, I wish we had more stuff to talk about, guys, but there really wasn't a whole yeah. heck of a lot that happened. We, we were hoping to talk about week two of the girls' flag football season, but – um, but most of those games got pushed to next week. I think um, Urbana and TJ Alexander are playing prior to the varsity football game on y- Friday. Yeah, they switched that around, so it's a doubleheader now. I think that game was originally supposed to be at Urbana, but they switched it to TJ, and now they're they're doing doubleheader. So that game's at 5, and the varsity game got pushed back to the varsity football game, I think, is 645 now. So it'll be just nice to sort of, you know, have it be a two for one deal, get a get a get a probably a 
good turnout for both. Now explain it's not really a setback because I think there was a built-in buy for e- most of these e- flag football yeah, teams. Yeah, so next week was was already scheduled off because of the um because uh, schools are closed Friday for Rosh Hashanah, so the football games were being played Thursday. Everything was kind of condensed, so they just they just gave uh, they just gave next week off, and so this is basically you know this is basically just turning into like. You know, this is the bye week. Th- this it's- is the bye week, or like I know they're uh, the one game's Friday. There's one I think on one of them got bumped to Saturday, and then I think two of them are like on Tuesday or something next week. So yeah. it, it, it it ended up actually kind of they ended up having probably the easiest schedule reschedule out of any of these other you know soccer and volleyball and field hockey and all those matches that had to get you know, pushed around this the yeah. next couple weeks. They don't have, like, air yeah, the, apparently only two – I didn't know this, only two high, uh, high school gyms in the county, including one of which is Catoctin, has a has AC, which surprised me. So there's a, lo- there's a lot of volleyball that got uh, postponed this week. Middletown's one of them because I remember during the COVID season when they started up that spring, I mean, I remember freezing in Middletown's gym. Yeah. yeah. And I was there in short sleeves kind of – you don't you don't think about that a, a lot that these gyms don't have air conditioning. I mean, in the heat in the winter, it feels like they have heat because it's usually not frigid in the gyms uh, in the winter. But um, you just don't think that they don't have air conditioning. And, and of all the schools, I would have guessed had air conditioning. It, it wouldn't have been Catoctin, which no. is one of our <laughs> which is one of our smallest and I, I think oldest uh, schools. So. Um, so yeah, even the volleyball, the indoor stuff was getting called off uh, due to due to the heat this week. Um, I mean, I wanted to do, and, and we'll start doing some power rankings for uh, for these various sports, but we don't have much to go on uh, as of yet. So well, Urbana beat BCC, but this is Chevy Chase and field hockey tonight. We heard that's a big one. Okay, yeah, that, 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 that's a nice. And there there have been scattered results. Uh, Alexander, you saw. Uh, um, I believe it was Tuscarora Catoctin volleyball, which yeah. was, which was flipped to the air conditioning gym originally scheduled for Tuscarora, um, and Catoctin that or Tuscarora swept or Tuscarora yeah. swept. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, that's right. So, um, yeah. So we just have scattered results uh, really uh, for for the rest of the sports, but um, but uh, but the football is underway. We're we're happy about that, and we're excited to learn more about some of these other sports like soccer, volleyball, field hockey see how girls flag football progresses so we'll have a lot to talk about here in the coming weeks and yes power rankings will be back but guys uh, thank you very much and when we come back we will talk to mike o'brien longtime coach uh here in frederick county i I know he's excited about the start of girls flag football and we'll ask him about that next stay with us here on the final score Please welcome Mike O'Brien onto the program. Mike has been a longtime coach in Frederick County. Mike, I don't mean to make you sound old, but but how long have you been coaching in Frederick County now? Uh, this will be year number twenty-three. Twenty-three. And how many different sports have you coached in, oh, uh, in, in the county? So boys football is kind of where I got my start. Uh, uh, Tuscarora, right? Uh, actually, it goes way back before Tuscarora. So I was a freshman assistant coach at Middletown. And then that spring, one of our neighbors uh, was the JV baseball coach at Urbana and was like, hey, do you want to come help coach baseball? So I had played baseball up uh, through high school, so I went and played baseball. And then as years progressed, uh, moved over to Tuscarora High School and was also the head baseball coach at Walkersville High School when I was at Walkersville Middle. And so then my first year at Tuscarora was helping with football and driving back and forth to Walkersville to do baseball. Uh, so worked my way all the way up at Tuscarora from 
a JV head coach, defensive coordinator to the head coach, took a year off, went back, was the offensive line coach under Coach Ahern for two seasons, and kind of that was my, my high school football for about 18, 19 years. Uh, Baseball-wise, uh, you know, was at Walkersville for three years. We had our second son, Tyler, and it was just kind of too much driving back and forth between Tuscor and Walkersville. Yeah. Uh, so took a little break from that, and, and what do you know, kids – in my strength training class were baseball players and like, Hey, come out and coach and be an assistant coach here at Tuscore. So did that for a couple of years. Uh, then I worked with Dean Swink. Uh, he was the head softball coach and needed a little help. So I did softball for two years and then took over the baseball program for five years at Tuscarora and then, uh, did unified sports, uh, unified bocce, you know, did that for 10 or 11 years. Probably we'll get back into that here this winter and then did a season or two, a unified track, and now leads it to girls flag football. Yeah, so, I mean, how how exciting is that? Because we're at the very start of, of all of this, and it seems we were talking last week after watching the first set of games, like this thing's gonna uh, take off. It, it, it's gonna catch on around the state, and I I hazard a guess, like within five years, we might be awarding state titles in this sport. I, I believe so. I, it, uh, it from what you read about and see uh, on the all the NFL advertisements, it's. Uh, the fastest growing sport in the country. Uh, really fortunate that it surpasses Fre- pickleball. Uh, I think so. At, like, at the high school level, <laughs> okay. I think pickleball is more for our age and people a little bit older. I do, guess. Do you play pickleball? Uh, we do a little bit in the PE classes. Okay. Uh, so we've been playing that for years. Yeah. Uh, but I, I see it growing. I mean, you you get girls out there. They get to show off their athletic talents. Uh, be a part of a team. Uh, really cool that Frederick County is the the first kind of county in Maryland doing that with all ten schools. I just think you saw all the people out there Wednesday night with the Ravens and their production. I think it's just going to keep growing, and I know more and more girls in our school want to join the team next year. So we're going to have uh, lots of girls playing flag football in Frederick County, and then probably the state. Yeah, I mean, you were on the sideline for the first game in girls varsity flag football history uh, here in Frederick County. Uh, your team played Brunswick and, and, and played a great game. You, you guys ended up winning, uh, I believe the score was 25 to nothing. Uh, how, how exciting was it for you and the girls just to be part of that sort of history? I think it really didn't uh, set in until after the game because you've been parent, preparing for weeks and uh, to get to that game. And I think afterwards when they came running out of the tunnel and had the fireworks and you had all the – newscasters and stuff there I think you finally it it sets in that you're kind of a pioneer uh in the sports world so these girls get to kind of leave a legacy uh that other girls and at the middle school and at the elementary school level who were in the stands are like I want to be like those girls and I think it's it's a pretty cool moment for Frederick County sports it's a very cool moment for Tuscarora High School and I know it was a very cool moment for our coaches, and our players. And, and you guys, when you got to run through the Ravens tunnel and the fireworks were going off, it was after your game because there, there were, uh, I guess, five games over the course of the night, and they did the big ceremony after your game. So you already had a win in hand by the time the fireworks went off and your girls got to run through the tunnel. So that had to be even sweeter that you were already 1-0 when, when that moment happened. <laughs> I think so. I think the girls then got to enjoy that moment a little bit more because the butterflies were gone, all the pressures off from that first game. And they just kind of get to enjoy the ceremony. How much pressure was there for that first game? I, I, for our coaches, I don't think there was much pressure because we've all been coaches of various other sports. I think for the girls, though, that first time 
out there in the turf because everything that we've done so far has kind of been on a practice field. We had a small scrimmage at Urbana. The, the stands weren't as packed as they were that Wednesday, and I just think that moment, you see all the people there, you see the cameras, you see the Bravens mascot running up and down the sideline. They had the coaches all mic'd up. I mean, it's a, it's a, it was a big production. So I think in the beginning, I think the girls had a lot of butterflies because we even designed our first play to go on too. And we're thinking, hey, everybody's going to be excited. We practice it, you know, first couple plays and warm up, on two, on two. And everybody, nobody jumped. And then, of course, we go on two and our girls jump on one. So I think that was just kind of the jitters in the beginning. I didn't want to point that, that out. The first play in Frederick County girls flag football history was a false start but by Tuscarora. But but you guys got it straightened out. Uh, from, from then on, there weren't too many glitches. I, th- that first drive ended with some points, no? Or did you did you punt? I no, we, we scored on the first drive. Right. I think uh, yeah. our quarterback, Laney Barton, she took a, a, you know, a fake handoff and went around to the left side, and next thing you know, she was running for the first touchdown in Tuscarora High School flag football history and maybe even in the whole county. So it's not how you start the drive, it's how you finish it, right? Correct. We recovered after that first misstep. <laughs> Just what is the vibe around the program? I mean, what is the level of excitement with you and your girls uh, for flag football and just sort of being a part of this history and the opportunity? Uh, I, the girls are really excited about it. From day one, they've been like sponges. Uh, everything that we've taught them, they pick up, and, and they just want more. They want more of it. So uh, I'm thinking, you know, when I, when I go into it, it's going to be basic because a lot of the girls don't have too much football backgrounds. But their athletic ability has overcome that lack of football knowledge. Uh, they want playbooks, so we drop. We made up playbooks for them. We draw up the plays on the whiteboard, and our next step next week is to kind of get some time where we can actually have some film sessions. So it's not very different than the guy side. Uh, we don't wear the helmets and the shoulder pads with the girls, but they're everything. The preparation and everything else is is very similar, and they're just. Everything that we give to them, they're sponges. Everything's new. They're excited about it. Uh, we have practice every day. The girls are there every day. They work really hard. And, and, and we've kind of developed that kind of family atmosphere, too. And it, it, it's been really a really cool experience. As we mentioned, uh, you, you coached uh, varsity football, boys uh, uh, football at, at Tuscarora. Is it tougher or easier coaching the girls than the guys? I don't, I don't want to get you uh, in trouble with the answer <laughs> here, but, but it, uh, how do you compare? I just think it's, it's, it's a different animal itself. You know, the, the varsity guys football program, it's a 12-month grind. Uh, you're in the weight room. Uh, a lot of those guys have a lot of experience in football. And and I, you, when you when you teach girls and you teach guys, I can tell a guy to go run through that wall, and they'll do it without asking you any questions. When you ask a girl to run through that wall, they have to have a reason behind it. So you got to explain it a little bit more in detail. And then once they figure out, hey, that works, they'll go do it. Uh, but the the aspects of football is all very similar. Uh, one of the th- one of the things that I thought the girls picked up quicker than the guys do is that man to man defense when they're covering somebody. We would always uh, reverse it with the guys. We would teach our, you know, cover three, cover two, cover four, that kind of stuff first, and then once they mastered that, then we can start to teach man concepts. But with the girls, with their experience, uh, we have soccer players, we have basketball players, we have lacrosse players, and track athletes. 
the man-to-man stuff seemed a little a little bit easier for them, and they kind of got that a little bit quicker. So we started out with man-to-man defense, and now we're getting into that those zone concepts on zone concepts on defense. So that seems to a big difference as far as teaching defense. The thing I've heard a lot is that girls pick things up faster than guys do. Uh, you don't have to do as much going over, repeating things before the girls pick it up. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, I, I think once you teach them the why and the how and the, 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 the answers, they ask questions in the beginning. They're not afraid to ask questions. Whereas the guys are be like afraid to ask that question in front of all their, all their teammates. Uh, but and you do a lot more reps with the guys, I think. But they 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 pick things up very quickly. Is your skill level higher than you thought it might be? Uh, are are you further along than you thought you might be at the start? Yes, yes. Uh, so much. Uh, the girls are are so athletic with the, you know, being from the various sports that they they participated in before. So just teaching them the basic concepts of football, I thought would take longer, but they pick it up really quick, and it's just now trying to add more things, more wrinkles to your offense, more different coverages, uh, different types of blitzes and things like that so that it's fresh every day. So they're, you know, they're still picking everything up and then just building on their base to, you know, make us a little bit tougher out on the field. Uh, You're the co-head coach at Tuscarora with uh, Jess Valentine. How invaluable is it to have Jess, a very experienced, successful coach uh, here in Frederick County, uh, on board with you. I, I think if you ask Jess, uh, one of the things that she pulled me into doing the, the the flag football at Tuscarora, she was like, "You can handle all the football stuff. I'll handle all the girl stuff," because she's been in that role as a softball coach for a long time and a very successful softball coach. So I think we work well together in that regard, where I could teach the football concepts and do this. And then she'll kind of give me a, a look at practice and be like, you got to slow down. You got to explain that a little bit more. Remember, this is the first time they're learning that. And then obviously the different things that girls do outside of the football field, she can she has a better grasp of that than I do. Yeah, Since I mean, yeah. Coming from a coaching boys all the time. It, it's someone the girls can relate to. Not that they can't relate to you and not that uh, men can't successfully coach girls and women, but it seems like uh, it, it's helpful for the girls to have – uh, another woman on, on on the staff that they could go to with their various issues because you and I as guys, Mike, we, we we don't know what what girls and women experience all. Correct, the time. correct, and we also have uh, two other females on our staff: Coach Persinger, who's also the head softball coach there, and then Coach Vaughn, who was an English teacher in our building and has also plays in various flag football leagues. So we have three females on staff, and then. Coach Adrian Rivera, who played football at Tuscarora and is also assistant baseball coach. So we've got a really good coaching group with various expertise, per se, and it kind of all meshes in well for the girls. Uh, you mentioned Laney. She's your quarterback. Tell us about Laney. Oh, Laney. Uh, I've known Laney for uh, – she's the same age as my son Tyler. Uh, they've been growing up together, and she started out actually in flag football in the youth league in the community here. Oh, so she had played it before. So she had played when they were little, and then all of a sudden when they you know went to pads, her parents wouldn't let her play football anymore. But I also coached her brother Cooper at Tuscarora. He was a lineman there for four years. And when she was little, we would always joke around and be like, hey, Laney, I think you're tougher than most of these guys out here. We need you out on the field. And she would just be like, oh, mom and dad won't let me play. So now it's kind of cool that her senior year she's able to play. Yeah. 
Uh, who are some of your other really good players? Uh, there's Jennifer Atia. Uh, she plays wide receiver yeah, she's and a big, tall, defensive back, number uh, one player, right? Track yeah. athlete. Uh, she had in two plays, she accounted for two touchdowns in the first game. She had a 60-yard touchdown pass that she caught in stride, and then she ran a jet sweep for 40 yards for a touchdown. So in two plays, she had 100 yards and two touchdowns, and then also had an interception on defense. So that's a good game. That's a, an outstanding game for the first time through there. Was it hard recruiting players? Did you have a tough time, or, or did you have a lot of enthusiasm in the school saying, hey, we want to be a part of this? Uh, that would be all on Coach Valentine and Coach P. They recruited all the girls last year since I wasn't there. And I think the girls, when they found out about it, got really excited. And, you know, it's obviously once one, one girl's on the team, they bring all their friends, and we have 33 girls in our football program. Right. How, how good could you guys be? I mean, obviously our band is very good. They've been – playing uh, for, for a couple of years now through the rec program. Uh, Oakdale seems to be good. Uh, Frederick, uh, their, their defense seemed really tough. They won their first game one to nothing. Uh, where, where do you guys feel you fall in the pecking order in the, in the county? Uh, you know, I, I'd like to say we just get better each and every week. That's what a coach is going to tell you. In my heart, I think we've got a lot of good athletes on our team, and I think you know, if we can overcome some adversities in those games against the Fredericks and the Urbanas and the Linganores and the Oakdales, I think we can go toe-to-toe with those teams. Yeah, but Bellaney and Atia, they give you a shot in every game, don't they? They do. They do. And, you know, there's some other skilled players there as well. Yeah, tell us about them. Uh, I, I just wanted to not forget anybody because all these players are new to me, so I'll just kind of go over some of the girls that we had. Uh, we had uh, Kaya Jefferson was a, a halfback, and she had five carries and had almost 60 yards in that first game. Uh, Jasmine McKellar was the other tailback. She had five carries, 80 yards, and a 35-yard touchdown run. So in our backfield, just with those three athletes alone, we can do a lot of misdirection things and run the ball. Uh, Megan Rocket was another. She uh, is a receiver and also plays linebacker for us. I kind of think of her as our Ray Lewis on the team because she does a great job going side to sideline. So when they hand off the ball to their running backs, boom, she's there. Uh, we also have uh, uh, Kieran Gomez, who is our backup quarterback and is also a receiver. Uh, she, I think, could be one of those dual-threat quarterbacks because she runs really well and could throw the ball. And then we also have uh, uh, Alyssa Hardis, who was a safety uh she also plays one of the kind of the the Y receiver for us and she's a really tough kid probably going to be a D1 or D2 lacrosse player so it's awesome to have that and Marette Olsen is kind of like the poster child for the Ravens uh flag camps that they have they actually have a picture of her on their posters that they sent out so she was a part of that those first two like uh uh, clinics that they had for the Ravens put on for FCPS and she was there so there's a lot of good athletes there, and I and I probably missed a couple here just by being new to those girls. But there's a lot of good athletes at our school, and they they they're buying into everything that we're preaching. So it's just great to be around them every day. What was it like at the Ravens event when you got to go down to the facility? Did the big uniform unveiling? I got the uh, slap fives with the, with the players as they came onto the practice field for training camp. What was that day uh, and event like? I've always been a big Ravens fan since they moved to Baltimore. Uh, they're just a first-class organization. Everything they do is uh, f- for the good of football and obviously for the good of young people. And the what they put on for us was just incredible. The girls – 
were treated like they were the Ravens. I mean, they got to go into this room and they unveil the uniforms and the girls are so excited. They have all their workers on the stairs and they're just hooping and hollering for the girls. And it was really cool. And then they get to have lunch there on the balcony overlooking the practice fields. And then next thing you know, Coach Harbaugh walks out and gives them a, like he's giving them a pregame speech. Uh, and it, it, and I was just listening to his speech, and I wanted to run on the field and practice with the Ravens. <laughs> you, you, were, you were ready to run through the wall for them. <laughs> and I know those girls were excited. Everybody got to take a picture with them. So it, it was such a first-class experience. And then, obviously, they get to make the tunnel, and the guys are run, the Ravens are running through giving the girls a high fives. And you see Lamar Jackson. You see uh, uh, Beckham. You see uh, – Flowers, you see Roquan Smith, you see Marlon. I mean, you see all the guys that you see on TV Sunday, and they're just down to earth people. Yeah, and the uniforms look pretty sharp. I, I, I thought they're, they're. I bet the girls were excited about the uniforms. How they yeah, out. I mean, they're great. I mean, anything you get from Under Under Armour is really good, uh, and it's just, it's just a real special thing that they did for the girls of Frederick County. Right. I'm curious, how much do you stress? playing defense and how, and how important do you think the defensive side of the ball is because everyone focuses on the offense and scoring points touchdowns and moving the ball but it seems like defense is going to be a big part of this equation too as Frederick showed in their one nothing win over Oakdale how much do you guys work on pulling flags and r- getting to the ball and just playing defense every day every day is a, we have three or four you know we, I call them tackling circuits or pulling flag circuits and, you know, obviously in every sport, if you have a good defense, it makes the other team hard to score. If they can't score, they can't win. So defense is, is your probably number one priority and, you know, just that flagpole. So a lot of people think it's just going there and pulling it with one hand. We teach the girls to get as close as they can and pull it with two hands. And just like when you're tackling someone in regular football, it's all about your footwork. So it's getting there, slowing your feet down and controlled and getting close and pulling that flag with two hands. I think that the team that is the best out there is going to be the one that has the best defense. Yeah. Um, what made you want to do this, Mike? What made you want to coach uh, girls flag football? Well, it was a lot of encouragement from Coach Valentine and Coach P. Uh, I wanted to get back into sports after being away for it a year, being the AD at Brunswick, and be able to still make it to all my son's college games at – uh, Shenandoah, and, and to also still be a part of my other two sons who are – one's going to be playing golf this fall, the other one's uh, playing fall legion. So I wanted to be able to do something to get back in that coaching world that I was still able to, you know, be able to not miss their stuff. So the time is not as much as being a high school boys football coach. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's there's not as much stuff on the weekends. It's still just as serious. We still treat it um, – like every other sport we've ever coached, but uh, it just allows me a little bit more freedom to to be in my own kids' stuff. It, it seems like coaching is your passion. You wanted to get back to it, like you say. What did what, you learn in your year in administration of being the AD at Brunswick? Uh, it There's a lot of work to do behind the scenes and a lot of hours. Uh, the, uh, I have a lot more respect for the position of athletic director. Uh, it's just, you know, you have to make sure everything's there before the games and after the games and make sure everybody's registered, make sure the coaches are taking care of things. So it's you're not focused on one sport. Now you're focused on every sport that you have in the high school. Uh, so those people put in a lot of time, and it just kind of took away from 
the family life that my family's been accustomed to. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you enjoy the job? Did you feel a bit a fish out of water in the job? I mean, did you say I would rather be coaching or? Um... I, I I love the job. I love the people at Brunswick. They were great people. There's a lot of great coaches there. Obviously, there's some v- very successful teams at Brunswick. Uh, but at the end of the day, I only get one chance to be a dad, and I don't want to screw that part up. Now could be something maybe I get back into in the future it was just it was just tough missing a lot of things that I was accustomed to to being a part of and your heart is in coaching right correct I love coaching there's there's no better job in the world coaching and teaching we we have the opportunity to have such a big impact on young people and we may not see some of the things that we preach or some of the things that we teach today but we see it maybe 10 or 15 years later when these they turn into young adults and come back and they're with their kids or, hey, you remember that thing that you taught me when I was a junior in high school? You know, you were right. Back then, I didn't think it was right. Uh, but it, it's just, it's so rewarding to either teach a skill to somebody and then to see them do it on the field or to see a kid that was struggling in school and you kind of say, hey, you know, to be a good student athlete, you got to get good grades and you're on them all the time about their grades. And next thing you know, They've graduated from college. Uh, it, it's it's so rewarding, and it's just I feel like a kid every time I'm out there on the field because it just it was I've always had great coaches when I was growing up, so it's kind of like returning that favor to all the young people that I get to work with on a daily basis. Uh, do you and Ryan Hines talk about this? Ryan coaches uh, the football team in Tuscarora, and and he left an administrative job because his heart was in coaching too. Do you do you and Ryan talk about that? Uh, we have a little bit. Uh, we don't really get to to talk too much yeah, because busy he's guys, right? he's busy doing his football stuff, and then I'm busy doing the the flag football stuff. But he said it just it's he's feels more at home on the football field or he feels more at home in that weight room and he just says it's a he feel it's more enjoyable to him and that's kind of what we talked about it just we seem a lot more happier than we were maybe in that those administrative roles yeah and he probably sees the same in, in you to, to, to some extent um what what how did sports become a big part of your life mike uh, well, obviously growing up uh, around here in Frederick I played little league baseball played Sertoma basketball, and, and at the time when I was playing football, it was midget league football. Then I went to Frederick High School. I played football. I wrestled for a season and then played baseball, uh, football under Bob Campbell, wrestling under Yank Struby and Andre Jackson, and then baseball under Phil Rhodes. I had the opportunity to get one year of uh, college football at Frostburg, blew out my knee, uh, so I wanted to find something that I would enjoy every day of going to work every day. So obviously being a PE teacher and becoming a coach. So I don't think if I had sports, I probably wouldn't have went in this path. You know, it, it kept me guided to get into college. I don't know what I would have got into, but sports kind of kept me away from not being in trouble or kept my grades straight. And it just made me feel part of something bigger than I was. And I just wanted to, get back into it and kind of give back all the stuff that the coaches that I have given me in the past to young people. Um, did you have siblings? Was it a big sporting household hold, uh, uh, with the O'Brien? So my or? sister was a, a soccer and a basketball player, and she played soccer at Frederick High through those four years. So sports was a, a kind of a mainstay in our house. Uh, my parents never missed a game. Uh, now that we have young kids – they don't miss any of their events. Uh, so it's 
kind of a family thing. And, you know, my sister and I were the first in our immediate family and, you know, to, to go on to college and we're both teachers. Uh, so we, uh, educators had an impact on us to become teachers. So it's, it's kind of a cool thing that happened to us. Your parents were teachers as well? No, no. My dad was a a brick Mason and my mom ran a daycare. So probably with all the little kids running around, we had to help out when we were there. So that probably led us to the education. So, so your dad taught you to be a hard worker. Yes. And, and there's a big educational piece with the daycare because you're dealing with, with, with kids all, right. all, all day long. So, so the summers I, I worked with him, and I can remember that last summer, and he was he was tough on me compared to all the other people was, uh, was on the that, job. Was he doing that on purpose because he didn't want to show favoritism? My last or? day, my last day, he was like, I wanted, you, I wanted to push you so hard out here in the heat and carrying the bricks and the mud and the sand so that you focus in college, get your degree so you don't have to do this stuff. Yeah, and it worked, I, I, I bet, right? Correct, yeah. correct. Uh, when did you realize you wanted to be a coach? Uh, probably... Uh, as soon as I knew I couldn't play football anymore. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't going to go on and be in the NFL. Uh, one of my roommates that I had played at Frostburg with uh, was coaching at Bishop Walsh. And he's like, hey, we just need somebody to help. And so I was like, sure. I I'm, I got class till 12 o'clock each day. I'll, I'll come help. And I just, I just fell in love with it. Uh, so it's just a way to continue to be in the sport. Yeah, what what position did you play in college? Uh, I was a offensive lineman. You were. Were you, were you a good offensive lineman? Uh, I would like to think I was. You uh, were. Yeah. And, and how did you get hurt? Uh, just you know, blocking somebody in a drill, and next thing you know, I got my knee got rolled on, and oh, pr- it was in practice. It was in a practice, oh, so I never gosh. even made it to a game. You never so. made it to a game. Holy no. cow! So you never heard the roar of the crowd uh, after after you opened the opened uh, a seam for your running back. Or? No, no, the the last roar of the crowd I think was a T.J. Frederick uh, football game. Okay, but I bet but I bet you savor that uh, just as much. So, uh, well, did you have a hard time dealing with the injury? I mean, in ex- accepting the end of your football career, or it, it just was what it was. I it was just, it was was what it was. I guess you know at that point, you know, I was at a, a D three football program, and uh, it's not like I had a big scholarship offer that I, I needed to continue to play to keep going. But still, it sucks. To, I mean, you want to play. It, yeah, it definitely stuck uh, sucked, but. You know, it it led me into becoming a coach. Uh, so, you know, it, it was a kind of a blessing. Right. How do you sort of look at your journey with all these various stops and all the different things you've done? And, and uh, has, has it been as rewarding as you thought it might be when you when you first set down this path? Uh, I mean, I, I think it, in a couple years when it's time to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to hang everything up, I think it'll be an opportunity to look back. Uh, I, the cool thing is it's just – whether it be on social media or running into former players and they just say, you know, thank you, coach, for what you've done, or you get to see uh, them be successful in their different career paths. And then the, some of the, the other things, I've been able to work with some of the kids that I coached in the coaching field. Uh, there's been some some guys that I worked with that I coached in football that came back and was assistant coaches when I was doing football. And then obviously the same thing with baseball. Uh, I think at Tuscarora right now, every uh, assistant coach there, our, our current coach, is alumni from the school. So if you, if you didn't have that impact on guys and maybe in the future some of these flag football players that maybe want to come back and be coaches, 
uh, if you didn't have that impact on them, they, they probably wouldn't come back. So if they want to work with you as a coach, obviously you did something right. Harder to coach football or baseball? Oh, oof. Uh, you're, you're, they're, they're, once again, they're their own beast. Uh, I, I think football's a little bit tougher because – There's more people involved. There's a lot more people you have to manage. And then obviously on any given play, 11 guys have to do their job in order for it to be successful. Whereas in baseball, you can have that dominating pitcher – and it makes you look like a genius out there, and you may not be as good, you know, defensively. Uh, uh, but I, football uh, is kind of a little bit more intense too. You know, you're, you're yelling, you're you're getting after it. It's a, a more physical, violent sport per se. Whereas baseball, it's a little bit more relaxing, uh, and you kind of it's a lot of one-on-one battles there. You play baseball, right? Correct. Up. Up through my senior year in high school. And what position did you play in baseball? I was a catcher and a first baseman. A catcher and a first baseman. Okay, so you played catch, catching is a pretty tough position. I, I I don't think people appreciate how tough it is to catch. No, but I mean, it, if I probably growing up, if I didn't play catcher, I probably might have got into lacrosse because as a catcher, you're there's constantly something going on where you're not an outfielder in little league where you could be the right fielder and just kind of looking in la la land and. Never knew, really know what goes on, but there's a uh, being a catcher. I think kind of helped me with a be a little bit more knowledgeable about baseball growing up because there's so many things going on. You're calling pitches, you're calling out your bunt defense, you're calling out your first and third defense. So there's constantly something going on. Plus, as a you catcher. have to block the plate. Like you could get run over. Um, oh, not anymore. I mean, if that happens, that guy gets ejected from the game. But. Okay. Back in the day, there there were times where that happened, and you just kind of stay in your ground, and it did, did whatever get, happened. Did you get plowed over a couple I, times, or I had a couple of plays at the plate where I was able to not get run over and hold on to the ball. So I guess okay. that was pretty good. Right. Have you ever coached lacrosse? I've never coached lacrosse. Okay, you haven't. Is there a sport that you haven't coached that you'd like to coach at one, at one point? Uh, I hear a lot of people say golf's a, a good sport to get to coach. Can you golf? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. As long as I can continue to run and be more active, I think uh, right. I'll stick with those sports, but maybe someday I'll get into golf. But it seems like that's a really laid back, relaxing sport to coach. And it could be a, you know, a, a sport to coach when you're retired. Right. Sure. And it seems like your kids will dictate a lot of that too, depending on what path they take that that might Correct. Uh, yeah, make <clears throat> some of your decisions for you there. How old are your kids? Uh, so I have a senior, or I'm a senior at Tuscarora High School, a freshman at high at Tuscarora High School, and then uh, a sophomore at Shenandoah University. Okay, so so so, so they're high high school age, uh, getting into college. Do they know what they want to do yet? Might might you have uh, some teachers and uh, future coaches in your house? So the sophomore is at Shenandoah. He already declared he's going to be a health and PE teacher. I think the the senior is kind of going into that educational field, and right now the ninth grader is kind of just figuring out high school, so I don't know where he is and all that right. stuff. How do you manage your daily schedule, Mike? I'm always fascinated because coaching is so time-consuming and, and challenging as it is, but uh, to, to raise a family and be present, like, like what you said was important to you for all their various events, just how do you manage your daily schedule? <laughs> uh, my wife does a great job and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. No, but you're able to be at the building with the boys now, so that kind of helps out. 
Uh, I see uh, the young one during second block, and I see the uh, middle one that's a senior. I see him third and fourth block, so I get to okay. see him every day now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we have a big calendar in 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 the kitchen, and it's got everybody scheduled on there, so we're able to, you know, jockey where everybody needs to be. Yeah. Uh, back to flag football as we wrap up here. Uh, what what what's the successful season for Tuscarora girls flag football? What have you and Coach? Uh, Valentine sort of talked about with the girls. Well, I mean, I guess we'll kind of let the cat out of the bag now because uh, we kind of want to be in the top four that okay. make it down to the the Ravens complex and yeah. play for, I guess, a county championship. Uh, so that's kind of our goal right now. You're after a good start. So uh, far, well, you know, a, a big win the first week. We're kind of on and off this week with the heat. Uh, it's kind of throwing a wrench into things, but uh, luckily we'll see where we are uh, next Tuesday when we go to Walkersville. Yeah, with with the heat, I mean, coaches are often such creatures of habit. Are you a creature of habit, or you roll with the punches pretty well? We're uh, we've been rolling with the punches a lot with the with the flag team, especially this week. Uh, tomorrow we'll have a we're gonna have a walkthrough in the cafeteria where the AC is going. We have team pictures on Friday, so we'll get a full-blown practice in Monday and then go okay, play. because you were supposed to play Walkersville this week. The, the game got pushed to next Tuesday when you were scheduled to have a bye. Correct. Um, so, so it actually worked out. Um, the, the, the heat's not throwing you off too much because you'll just not play this week and play next week. So. Correct. Um, so, so what, what are you what are you most excited about as, as the season goes forward? Uh, I'm just excited to continue to work with the girls and work with our coaching staff. I, it, it's so much fun each and every day. And just to see the growth from where we started back in the first week of August for these young ladies. And then obviously we set high expectations. We want them to get good grades. We want them to be on time. And we want them to be good people. So to see – them improve on the football field, get good grades, and see them walk across the stage of graduation, and to just see the smiles on their face every day. That's uh, really rewarding, a lot better than a, a paycheck. Yeah. Mike O'Brien, uh, head uh, flag football coach, uh, co-flag football coach with Jess Valentine at Tuscarora High School. Thanks for doing this, Mike. It's, it's been great having you on and, and, and hearing about your, your, your background and, and your insights, so we, we, we look forward to watching your team over the rest of the flag football season. All right, thanks a lot. Um, my thanks to Graham Cullen for producing, to Alexander Dacey and John Cannon for coming on and talking Frederick County sports. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Final Score.